0: What's going on, everyone? It's uh, episode 257 of Manage the Wild. I'm your host, Nick Madsen. It's a late one. It's 10.30 at night. I haven't done a podcast yet, so we're sitting down to do one. Um, every Monday, my family sits down. We get together. I've got three, a wife and three kids, and we sit down and we talk about our week and the upcoming things that we're uh, going to be doing, just how our week in general went last week, and are there ways that we can improve, and then me or my wife picks a subject and something to talk about. This one's going to be a little bit unrelated to wildlife, but at the end we're going to switch and talk about some uh, wildlife-related stuff. But I came across uh, a guy who I've been listening to for a while. His name's, I, and I don't even know if I'm saying it right, but it's um, Andrew Huberman, and it's the Huberman Labs And he put out a post the other day in which he asked people to, he's doing something for the month of December, asked uh, people to follow him on it. It's called the Penny Baker Writing Protocol. One day per week for the 15 minutes for four weeks total, you write about the same super challenging life event each time. 200 plus peer reviewed studies report the positive and persistent mental and physical shifts. The protocol induces uh when you first start out it talks about how like it's difficult uh when you are writing this because you're you're putting a lot of pressure on yourself and you're probably writing about some things that you may not want to talk about it's almost like you're doing therapy but then Uh, He talks about you can destroy each session afterwards. It was kind of fun. Uh, We did it with my kids. They are 11 and 13. We did it with them today. And um, they uh, ended up taking their writing and throwing uh, it in the fireplace, and we lit lit it on fire. It was kind of cool. But I, I just did it. With wildlife, um, a separate session by myself with wildlife. Like, why do I like wildlife? Why is it important to me? What What do I hope to accomplish? And it was just an amazing. Uh, it brings up feelings of uncomfortable feelings, I guess you could say, where you feel very vulnerable about the directions you are headed and the things you're pursuing. But also brings a little bit of clarity. So I. Suggest you guys try that, or at least look into it. It's kind of fun. Just uh, 15 minutes, one time a week, write about the same subject. Uh, for me, it was important that I throw mine away or delete it, because then when I come back next week, uh, I want to see if... What I've written has changed from the way I wrote today. So it'll be very interesting, but I think you guys should go ahead and give it a try. All right. Speaking of social media posts, uh, the other day on my social media account on Instagram and Facebook, I posted a, a picture of a sheep. Uh, I've been calling it a shelk. I saw this guy, this uh, you. Uh, this female I saw this female back in the the fall. Uh, There was a group of elk that was out in the meadow and I scared them and they all took off running and a little ewe followed them. And now the ewe has shown up on the elk feed row that I'm feeding on. And it's kind of an odd thing and it's kind of funny to joke about, but there's a darker side to this situation that if it plays out could end poorly for a lot of species. Now one sheep on a feed row is not going to outcompete elk for feed. That's obvious. What happens is animals in general, whether they're wildlife or domestic, carry diseases and some things uh, are affecting them and other things they have but it doesn't affect them, but it will affect other species. So domestic sheep have a whole host of diseases. Uh, There's some respiratory diseases out there that really affect bighorn sheep and there's a few others like uh, a couple of diseases that cause anemia. Uh, It'll lie dormant in domestic sheep themselves but then it gets passed on to mule deer, elk and bighorn sheep and causes death and problems there as well. So elk are not as susceptible to the anemia and some of these respiratory uh, diseases and bugs and viruses that they have, but they can be carriers. And this is where the issue comes into play. So one domestic sheep on a feed row is not going to outcompete elk for food. That's clear. It's just not going to happen. But what it is going to do is it's going to put them in direct contact with elk. And the elk can pick up the disease that the sheep is carrying. And then these elk, even though they're not necessarily susceptible, they may get the bug or the virus or the disease, and that may affect them for a small period of time. What they can do is they migrate all different directions Across the state, and what they can do is they can come in contact through their process of migration with bighorn sheep or some other wildlife animal that is susceptible. So, this is the challenge that, and it goes vice versa, because this is a challenge that ag people have with wildlife, and this is the challenge that wildlife have with ag. So Brucellosis wasn't in the elk population until dairy cows were brought to Jackson Hole or Yellowstone, and they had brucellosis. Then they came in contact with elk. Now the elk has, pop, has brucellosis, but the cattle don't, and they're actively vaccinating cattle. But it can still be spread through the cattle because the elk have it. And so this is the challenge that... Uh, the ag guys have with wildlife, but this is also the challenge that wildlife have with ag. So when you are starting a bighorn population, starting a population somewhere, you are looking at how many sheep allotments are there. And you are doing your best to keep that population of sheep from the domestic allotment of sheep when they are out on forest service. And if you can't, you're going to try to buy those allotment out from the wool growers or those sheep people just to verify that you are keeping your animals as far as possible. You're also going to be collaring some rams because often the rams are the ones that are doing the wandering. And if you set up your geo barrier, to notify you when a ram crosses near a sheep allotment. You can go in and uh, watch that ram or just euthanize the ram because there's too many potentials of disease getting back. That becomes a bigger challenge when you have sheep that are passing on diseases and viruses and things that can lay dormant in animals. Uh, as they are migrating to different areas, then just because you have a barrier between domestic sheep and wild sheep, now these elk and mule deer are passing through these areas and they can go in and infect animals. And so it's just a big challenge. So when you see uh, um, sheep on a feed row or you see elk getting in with cattle, and you're like, wait a minute, that's not normal. There was a picture a few years ago of a big feedlot cattle operation that had uh, an elk calf in it, and people were joking about how it identifies. But the challenge is uh, disease can be spread both ways, and there's really not a whole lot you can do. You just hope it doesn't come near you. So that's all I got for you guys today. Hope you have a great day. Stay wild.